I listen to the diaries because it sparks ideas for new adventures. Whether it is an episode about an epic adventure or a backyard micro-adventure, I start thinking about my next adventure. I'm inspired by the people and their stories to go a little farther and dig a little deeper. If you want to add more spark to your adventurous ideas, consider subscribing to the Diaries Plus today. I'm Crystal, a longtime listener from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to the Diaries Plus. It's been awesome, and you're powering the show as we move into the future. If you're interested in subscribing today, there's a link in the show notes. Please join. Now, on to the show. I can feel blisters forming on both my Achilles tendons. We are zigzagging up Kuren Mountain in Slovenia's Julian Alps in the middle of another eight-hour hiking day. It's my first time hiking in Slovenia since moving to my boyfriend Rock's home a year ago. The landscape ahead is foreign to me. Loose, gravel-scree slopes, massive gray boulders, even the cloud patterns are unfamiliar. But the view of the lake, now 50 meters below, is familiar. The reflection of pine trees on glassy water and the golden tamarack trees dotting the surrounding forest. This scene reminds me of home. It reminds me of the lakes and forests of Ontario where I grew up, and a painful lump settles in the back of my throat, something that hurts as much as the sharp, persistent jab of hiking boot on raw heel. I'm homesick, and the feeling is new to me. But what's worse than just being homesick is that like many people who have moved around a lot, chasing a lifestyle of travel and adventure sports, I don't really know where to be homesick for. We arrive at an alpine hut as the sun dips below the jagged horizon line. It's one of many huts in the small mountain-worshipping country of Slovenia, and we use them as biovacs throughout our hike. With hot food and cold beer, a bed to sleep in, and a warm fire, These huts are open to sweaty hikers in the summer and weary ski tours in the winter. We sit down at a wooden table on the deck, unlace our boots, and look up to find the hut caretaker has placed two bowls of yota, piping hot cabbage bean soup, in front of us. She asks, where are you from? My boyfriend Rock's answer is simple. He motions to the east and says Gorenska, referring to the nearby mountain region where he has lived for his entire life. My answer is more complicated. I mumble... Eastern Canada, Muskoka. The answer isn't untrue. When I think of home, the lakes and forests of Muskoka are the first images that come to mind. It's where I learned to swim, ride a bike, drive a car. But I haven't lived there since graduating high school some 15 years ago. So leaving my lips, it feels like a bit of a lie. Since then, I've been on the road a lot, seldom staying in one spot for more than a year. A combination of seasonal work as a raft guide and the ability to work from my computer has allowed me to make my office out of coffee shops, riverside picnic tables, and even the front seat of my car. When I say it out loud, I realize I've ticked the boxes of most of my proverbial life to-do list. I have my dream job, a career as a freelance writer, telling outdoor adventure stories and managing communications for nature conservation NGOs. I have a well-used passport and a really well-used whitewater kayak. And together, they've allowed me to see some of the most wild and remote parts of the world. And now, 
I'm walking as the crow flies from my boyfriend's family home on one side of the Julian Alps to our mobile home on the other. To go door-to-door by car takes more than two hours, winding up and down the mountains and over and back the Italian border. As I traverse mountain plateaus by foot, tiptoeing across ridgelines and descending deep into valleys over the course of six days, I've got a lot of time to contemplate those yellow tamaracks and wonder why they bring a lump to my throat. This disconnected feeling has been building inside me for some time. My nomadic life of work, travel, and kayaking has fueled me for almost a decade. It's been this wild blend of experiences where I get to constantly meet new people, experience fascinating cultures, foods, and rivers of the world. Living from a backpack has been a perk of the job. Until now, something is changing. Maybe it's the immersion in Slovenian culture that's triggered a craving for home and for roots. My boyfriend and Slovenian friends have a strong connection to home. Here, it's not uncommon for someone to die in the same house they were born in, or for people my age to be able to trace their family histories back hundreds of years. They know detailed stories of the World War I and II battles that took place in their backyard, as well as where to pick medicinal mountain plants in the spring and the best mushrooms in the fall. It's through these stories and interactions that I realize I don't have a connection to home like they do. Since my parents moved out of our family home in Muskoka, even my belongings seemed displaced, with rubber-made bins stashed at friends' houses across the country, and now across the Atlantic, too. I've enjoyed the freedom of being a dirtbag, being able to pick up and go anywhere, anytime. But now, as my eyes wander over the peaks of Kudan Mountain, I wonder if having somewhere to go back to is part of what makes exploring so special. Am I missing something by not being more connected to where I live or where I come from? Two nights later, I wiggle into my sleeping bag on the hardwood floor of a cabin on the other side of the mountains. Tucking into my old mummy bag feels familiar, kind of homey. And it makes sense. I've spent more nights in it in the past few years than anywhere else. Is home simply somewhere where things feel familiar, where things are consistent? I know I'm not alone in living a transient life. The internet has enabled our generation to work from home, which opens the doors for constant travel and adventure. The hipster mantra of home is where you park it has created a kind of subculture to the American dream, where the ever-changing view outside the camper van has replaced the white picket fence. But being so immersed in outdoor sports and travel, are we missing the chance to create a home? Am I? But what is home anyway? Is it just a physical place or is it an idea? Before sleep hits me, I realize I don't miss one place specifically, not one town or region. What I miss is having a connection to place and being comfortable there. Home means more than just the basic comforts like hot water or things like a bookshelf or a wood stove. It's where I feel part of a community, where I know there are people who will help me out. Home is where I can go back to, somewhere that hasn't changed. Home is consistent, a place where I can unpack, slow down, and absorb all the things I've seen and learned while traveling. Without this time and place to digest, each trip just blends into the next, as if I never stop moving. 
I need somewhere to empty my memory card and recharge my battery. After doctoring up my heels, we set out in the early morning sun for the final hours of our hike. But first, we stopped for a swig of homemade plum liquor with a gathering of local farmers along the dirt road. On the way down to the Sota River Valley, where our trailer is parked, we weave around cows and chickens, passing through villages, easing us out of the solitude and rhythm of hiking alone in the mountains. Limping out of the forest, I see the red tarp that keeps sun, rain, and snow off our trailer. I see the corner of our vegetable garden, with fall tomatoes dangling from the vines, our clothesline scattered with paddling gear, and our rack of whitewater kayaks. And I feel this little ember of warmth inside, a faint feeling of relief, I guess, a feeling of arriving at home. And it surprises me. This home has some of the elements of what I'm yearning for. I do feel connected to the river and to the kayaking community around it. When I'm having a coffee or a pint downtown, friends stop by. I know my way around the back roads and trails. I know the shortcuts and the locals-only spots. Being far away from my family and friends in Canada is always going to be hard. I'll never get used to that. But managing the time difference and creating a routine of calling my parents, sisters, and friends in Canada makes the distance feel a bit less far. I'm comfortable walking around our trailer in my PJs. I have a work-life balance, and I take time to slow down, read my book, paint, or write for fun. Rock and I have a duvet rather than sleeping bags. We know people we can call for help and that people will call on us, and I get to share incredible food and friends. This home provides a foundation for growth and the space to examine all that life on the road has taught me. My roots are widespread, definitely more superficial and delicate than the historic tap roots of my European friends. And even if I start calling Slovenia home, I can't force the feeling. It took years to get used to a life of travel, and it's going to take some time to settle down here as well. I can't just snap my fingers and decide where I feel home. But right now, that feeling is dropping my backpack, opening the fridge, and cracking a cold beer. Rock and I sit down at our picnic table, look up towards the mountains we just walked from, and toast to the journey that has brought us to what is, for now, home. I'm Carmen Kuntz, and this is my short. Thank you, Carmen, for sharing your story. Carmen is looking forward to a sunny summer in Slovenia filled with whitewater running and river conservation work with our partner, Rock, and not too much travel. Follow us on Instagram to see photos from Carmen's trek at dirtbag underscore diaries. Music today from Little Glass Men, Ketza, and John Barry. Tracks are courtesy of Free Music Archive or the artists themselves. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Also, we are looking for you all to give us stories about tandem bikes. Yes, tandem bike stories. We've already got a couple, but we wanted to round it out. If you have ever had a bonding or a relationship shattering experience on a double bike, send an email to editor at ducttapethenbeer.com. This episode was produced by Cordelia Zars and Becca Cahal. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you have been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Support comes from Kuat Racks. Their Ibex Overlanding Truck Bed Rack is made to handle substantial loads both on and off the grid. You can go anywhere with it.
Seriously, constructed from lightweight yet durable aluminum, the black powder coat is made for all the nature you can throw at it. Available in seven different frame sizes to accommodate most truck models, the Ibex is engineered for adventure with versatile full and half-height configurations. For more details and to visualize your Ibex configuration, you should do this. It's super cool. It's a neat augmented reality program. Check it out. See what it would look like on your truck. It works super well. Visit kuat.com, kuat, because you will absolutely love this overlanding truck bed rack. 